Welcome to the Clear Admit MBA Admissions Podcast. I'm your host, Graham Richmond, and this is your Wiretaps for Monday, February 19th, 2024. Are you looking for an MBA program where you'll be more than just a number? Vanderbilt Business offers a personalized learning experience to help each student reach their unique career goals. Whether you're looking to switch careers entirely or accelerate the path you're on, the Vanderbilt MBA program will provide you with the individual support you need to propel your career forward. Vanderbilt is currently waiving their $200 application fee for MBA Wiretaps listeners. To learn more about the Vanderbilt MBA program and to claim your application fee waiver, visit business.vanderbilt.edu slash clearadmit. I'm joined by Alex Brown from Cornwall, England. Alex, how are things this week? Very good. Thank you, Graham. So today we're actually going to totally deviate from the script and we're going to do uh, just something very different. So instead of our usual rundown of like news and notes and, and candidate profiles, we're going to talk specifically about the wild and crazy Wharton admissions interview process, more commonly known as the Wharton team-based discussion. It's unlike almost any other admissions interview, and that's why we're going to devote this week's show to it. Now, I think, you know, even if you're not interviewing at Wharton, there are going to be some nuggets and tidbits here about working in teams um, and even about interviewing generally that are probably going to be useful. So, and, and we'll have some fun talking about this because Alex and I are both pretty passionate about, about this um, process that they have in place over at Wharton. So if you are fortunate enough to get an invite, obviously this is must listen stuff. Um, but even if you're just Wharton curious or, <laughs> or applying to other schools, I think it could still come in handy. So I, you know, I, I think that, um, it's also worth reminding people that there are some other schools that do these kind of team type things. So IMD in Switzerland, Michigan Ross used to do it. They kind of stopped when the pandemic hit, but that's always a possibility of re-emerging. And then there are other schools that have these like come to our campus for interview day and then they do other things too. Like there's sort of like team activities. So I, I think it's worthwhile. And I'm thinking of like Duke, Berkeley, there are, there are other schools that get people together and have these like massive days where people are interviewing, um, which where there could be some parallels here, but in any event, um, so Alex, yeah, let's, let's talk about this. I guess we'll try to cover the history of the TBD, which is like over 10 years old now, which I can't even believe, um, uh, why Wharton uses it, how you can prepare, how you can perform, and then we'll get into the details on this year's um, question that they ask in the team-based discussion, and as well as the one-on-one interview that Wharton does after the team-based interview. So, um, Alex, do you remember the background on this? Like, where, like, like, why did Wharton invent this? It's it's more than ten years ago. I want to say 2012 is when they started it. But do you remember like why they're doing this and what what why they kind of said they were going to do it? Yeah, I mean, I have some recollection. <laughs> I'm not sure it answers why they do it because I'm not sure why they do it. <laughs> well. In terms of, I, I'm not a fan of this. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's by the by. I'm a huge fan of the Wharton School, as, as all our listeners would know. Everyone knows. <laughs> but I, I'm certainly not a fan of this process. But why do they do it? So it reflects, I mean, I, it comes out of some faculty research, I guess, about 10, 12 years ago. They wanted to get a better sense of how do we judge folks um, that are going to thrive in the learning environment at Wharton, i.e. how can we best create a proxy for or mimic the whole learning team environment through the interview process? Right. Um, Or at least that's my understanding of its origins. I thought it might last a year or two and then they'd go back (laughs) to normal interview process. But obviously it stood the test of time. So they must be seeing some real data that shows that this process works really well for them. Um, Yeah. So so I assume it does does work really well for them. 
Um, but but yeah, um, it's, 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 it's a very unorthodox methodology, quite interesting. Yeah, and just to kind of give everyone a background, I mean, basically, if you're invited to interview at Wharton, you're going to be put into a team um, of five to six applicants. And it used to be that you would all come to campus or meet in a, in a global city, wherever the, the school was setting up shop to do remote interviews, but now it's all virtual. Um, and so you'll basically be on a Zoom call with five or six applicants. Uh, there will be, I believe, two second-year students at Wharton who are kind of the moderators for this team discussion. And you're given a, a topic in advance. Um, and so you do a little homework and you come to this discussion ready to talk about your ideas relating to the topic. And the school basically observes how the team behaves. So you're given you know, some loose instruction, like everyone present their ideas and then have a debate and arrive at a kind of joint conclusion. And so meanwhile, the, the Wharton ad, um, admissions uh, observers who are second year students are kind of watching you and, and taking notes. So that's, that's kind of how it goes. It's 35 minutes long. And again, it went virtual during the pandemic and they've left it virtual, which I actually think is one of the good things that came out of the pandemic, because it used to be that it was probably hard to have at least geographic diversity in these team-based <laughs> discussions. You know, when they would go to India to do the interviews, everyone would be Indian. When they would do them in, you know, Philadelphia, you know, people would be coming from various parts of the U.S., right? But it, so now they can kind of um, structure these team-based discussions and have something maybe more representative of an actual learning team at Wharton. And I guess the other thing about that, Alex, is you know, we should talk just briefly, you mentioned the learning team, and I don't know that everyone knows, but, you know, there are 860 or so students uh, in a Wharton class, and that's broken down into something that they call clusters. Um, so there are, I guess, I want to say four clusters of 215 or so students each. And the cluster um, means that everyone in your cluster has the exact same professors in the first year at Wharton. So you're taking, you know, the, the same, um, you, have, you know, the same homework, all that stuff. Uh, and then they're further broken down into cohorts of 70. Um, and in the cohort, again, everyone has the same professors, but you're all in the same exact schedule too. So, um, you know, a professor might teach two or three sections worth of economics, but in your little cohort, you know, you're always traveling with the same people to all of your classes. And within cohorts, they're further broken down into learning teams. And learning teams are five to six students, just like the team-based discussion. And they really spend a lot of time. Alex, I don't, I don't know what office it is at Wharton that does this. It's not the admissions team, but there's somebody who like creates the learning teams and makes sure that they're sort of really varied, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be academic affairs, whatever the current yeah. um, cu current label is for that particular office. And just to be clear, you're in that learning team across all your classes Yeah. Um, in the first year. So um, so it's not just a learning team for each individual class. So, so yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting concept. It's a really good way for a big program like Wharton to create a more personalized experience as they break right. it down to clusters, cohorts, and learning teams. So huge fan of that process. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, but there are some idiosyncrasies to this sort of um, team-based discussion <laughs> that aren't reflected necessarily in the learning team experience. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, let's get into that. So I think, um, you know, well, first of all, as I said, you get the question in advance and you're going to have this team discussion with the other um, applicants. And so you've got to come ready to discuss. And, you know, as you say, Wharton would say, well, this is like a learning team. You're going to get to meet some potential, you know, future classmates. Um, but we know, you know, Wharton interviews about what, 40% of the candidate pool. Right. And then only like one in three make the cut after the interview. So, 
arguably what four of the six people in your TBD likely will not be <laughs> your classmates. I mean, obviously anything's possible. All six of you could get in and, and then there could be another team-based discussion where no one, no one makes the cut, right? But in theory, it's like two out of each six in the, in the interview uh, team-based discussion will, will make it through. So that, that creates something different. Do you want to talk about that? I mean, obviously when you're on a learning team, which I remember at Wharton, you know, it's a collaborative thing. You're in this together. You're all trying to graduate and, and do well in class and learn from each other. There might be different motivations here though, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You're competing <laughs> with these folks um, for those coveted seats in the class. So at the end of the day, I mean, what you need to do with the team-based discussion is affect a really positive um, environment mm -hmm. um, and, and discussion and come to a great conclusion, so on and so forth. So, 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 so that's all in play as you would want to do in your learning team for a project that you're working on and so forth. So, so that is all the same. But the reality is the folks that you're working with in the team-based discussion are not all going to end up at Wharton. And um, you, yeah, you're effectively competing with them. So, so, so it's going to create a little bit of a dynamic. But you've got to move that aside. Yeah, you've got to assume that you're all on the same page and you're all aligned to have a very fruitful um, team-based discussion. Uh, yeah, agreed. So, you know what I'm going to do? I think what I'll do is just. I'm going to read out the question for this year just to give everyone a real flavor of like what the assignment is. And then we'll just continue to talk. We have a bunch of like sort of general tips on what you should do to get ready. Um, and then I do want to talk about like how to handle certain personality types. And then obviously we'll get into some detail on, on this year's prompt. But this year, just the question, I'll just read it out. It says, um, this year's question tasks you and fellow TBD participants to name and design a new course on a cutting-edge business topic for Wharton's pre-baccalaureate program. As part of the Wharton Global Youth Program, this opportunity for exceptional junior and senior high school students introduces them to business education. The idea is to inspire talented young people to analyze the world's complex challenges as they take their first steps towards becoming leaders who will transform the global economy. Your team's challenge is to develop a course on a cutting-edge topic for the generation of young business leaders coming behind you. You'll name the course, outline the topic and themes, identify faculty to lead the course, and decide on learning outcomes and assessment methods. So there's a lot there, Alex, that that, <laughs> that we'll get into. But I mean, that that's kind of, I mean, what, one of the things that's fascinating is you always call this a little bit of a, you've said, what, a marketing ploy, right? Do you want to just elaborate yeah. on, on that? Because the question's different every year, but there's something that it does have in common. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, basically, these types of questions, um, and, and one's just not unique in, in this type of approach in terms of other schools, maybe do it through their essays and so on and so forth. Right. But the question sort of really requires you to do a deep dive study of the school, yeah. um, of features of the school that obviously Wharton is, is very proud of and so on and so forth, as it should be, mm -hmm. um, I should say. Um, but but it, so, so from that um for, 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 from, from that way, it is a marketing exercise because what does it do? It, it makes all candidates that have been invited for an interview more engaged in the Wharton program such mm -hmm. that when someone gets admitted, they've, they've done that extra deeper dive into one particular program that they've been admitted to. It's going to give them an edge. Um, I think it's very clever stuff, actually. Yeah, and yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is slightly nuanced because they're not actually asking this year. And I, I, we should preface this 
by saying this is the um, team-based discussion from the round one interview folks in every year to date it has all it has also been for other rounds right but they might change that this year we don't know yeah, we right? never know but, yeah that's true let's say 90 some percent we, we're <laughs> confident that this will be the question for round two folks that have just been invited for interview last week but um but 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 yeah it's it's it is a little bit of a marketing exercise yeah and um but that that's a smart thing to do yeah. i guess my point was actually for the prior team-based discussion questions it was directly related to the mba program experience itself yeah this year they're taking a bit of a different approach because it's more a broad in terms of all right it's asking you to explore a, a pre-bac well whatever that baccalaureate is, I don't really understand it <laughs> yeah. but pre-university prep prep programs that Wharton offers. Yeah, it, it is interesting. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things that I, I was actually in reading about this, I was like, wow, this is a great thing that they do. Wharton actually brings, um, you know, high school students to campus or they do, um, well, they, they do it virtually. They do, they do a number of different things to educate young people about business. And I had no idea that they were doing, doing all this stuff. And if you're in the Philadelphia public school system or at a Philadelphia area charter school, um, it's free. So, I mean, it's actually a yeah. really nice program. I was, and, and, you know, it's working, right? Because I did the reading and now I'm excited. I'm like, wow, I feel even more proud to be <laughs> a yeah. graduate, right? So it's working in the marketing sense. But the other thing that I just want to really tease out, and we'll get into this maybe a bit more of it, is that you have to identify faculty to lead the course. And it turns yeah. out that it's the MBA faculty and, and the business school faculty in general who are teaching these things. So by virtue of that, you're going to, you know, dive in and learn about some amazing professors at Wharton. And so, yeah, it's I think it'll definitely help people to get up to speed on the school, which, you know, ultimately leads to them maybe wanting to attend. So it does work in that way. Um, I will say we have 10, I, I have this list of like 10 general tips, like how do you get ready for this thing? All right. So I'll run through these and feel free to add color <laughs> commentary as you want. But the first one is just read the prompt and think about it. Like spend time thinking about and preparing what it is that you might want to say to the group. Because the way the team-based discussion starts is each person in the group is given, I believe, a minute or two at most to kind of just, you know, lay out their thoughts on what this course should yeah. be, who should teach it, you know, just share what you what you come to the table with. Um, yeah. So if, yeah. effectively, if you've got five or six folks in this team-based discussion, you're going to have five or six ideas right. um, to discuss, and then you're going to need to synthesize it down to mm -hmm. one great idea. Right. Right. That's effectively what what your team has to do mm -hmm. through the entire um, process of the team-based discussion. Yeah. So um, it'd be five or six competing ideas. My advice is always really do the research first um, to, one, understand what this pre-university um, <laughs> um, experience is that Wharton offers. Look at the history of it in terms of what classes they've offered to date, which faculty are teaching them and are active in this program. Mm -hmm. Look at the goals of this program and the mission in terms of what they're trying to achieve um, for, for their young um, participants and so forth. And then start exploring particular ideas that you think would fit in the current sort of geopolitical business environment in which we live mm -hmm. um, to, to start really coming up with your particular 
um, proposal, an idea, and then once you've you sort of fine-tuned on a particular idea, then you know make sure it's fleshed out so you know which faculty that you would target to to teach. You would have some goals for the particular program, some outcomes, and so on and so forth. But yeah. I'm a big believer, Graham. We talked about this before. I don't think you can over-prepare for whatever you do. Yeah, I think that's fair. I do think I, you, you, you should not be scripted, but you can never over-prepare. Um, mm-hmm. And you'll be in a team-based discussion with five or six other passionate folks. So mm-hmm. so come, come, come fully loaded, but then your approach in the team-based discussion is quite different. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, great advice, like get, be ready for this. And and I should remind people, remember, they're only interviewing about 40% of people who applied. So you're, you're already in a pretty elite group of candidates, right? Who are going to be in, in this um, team-based discussion. Now, I would say that, you know, you can't over-prepare, but also keep in mind that your preparation is kind of the appetizer, not the main course, right? You've got to be yeah. ready, but then the main course is making sure that you, you know, do well in the in the actual team-based discussion. And so we have some other simple tips there. So, so yeah, so the second tip is just, you know, um, prep is one part, not all of it. Uh, the third is arrive early, like be ready. You do not want to piss off your fellow team-based discussion folks by showing up late, right? So, you know, this is Zoom. It's pretty easy to get online and just be, you know, be in the waiting room five minutes before or whatever. Um, the other thing is you've done your research, Alex, as, as you've just suggested, but practice your pitch. Like you don't want to be scripted, but you need to be able to figure out a, a concise way to deliver a, a kind of one minute pitch on, you know, everything that you've kind of learned, like what is your idea, as you said. So um, keep that in mind. I would also say that more generally, be succinct in not only your, you know, you have to do this short pitch, but as you speak during the team-based discussion, the goal should not be to like hog all the airtime. Uh, anything you sh- say should be you know, additive, right? So, which yeah. is not easy, right? Because everyone wants to kind of have their their time in the spotlight, but um, that's important. I also think great- yeah, But, but, yeah, but to also distinguish, sorry, sorry, Graham, but to distinguish between your pitch, that's your time. Right. And then the discussion afterwards, which absolutely needs to be additive and, um, and, and you know, not hogging the airtime and yeah. just being very conscious and self-aware and so on and so forth. But the actual pitch itself, I think, yeah, use your you, time. you need you, you you need to talk about everything that you think is important for that particular pitch, um, irregardless of, of other folks at that point. Mm-hmm. But um, as Graham says, really practice. This is your elevator pitch for this particular um, right. program. Uh, make sure you're within the the requisite time constraints because um, you don't want your your peers to start thinking we've got to shut you down or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, and and again, if you've prepped really well and practiced really well, you're going to be confident in that pitch, right? While still being humble and 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 do it do it do it really um, super well. And then when other folks are pitching, take notes. Mm-hmm. And I would say really try to hone in on the strengths of each of the pitches, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got four or five other people, folks pitching, you're taking notes, you identify um, two or three key strengths of of each of the individuals. Um, That that will really help them with the ongoing discussion, right? Because effectively, you, you now need to figure out how to create one resoundingly good idea and it's unlikely that it'll be 
an original pitch idea in its entirety, it'll be perhaps influenced significantly by one pitch. And then you want to try to weave in the key sort of really good ideas of each of the other pitches to the extent that you can. I mean, obviously, if someone's unprepared and created a crap, you know, useless pitch or whatever, you don't have to force a good idea out of something that's not good. Yeah, but, that's fair. Um, but anyway, I'm, ran- I'm rambling on. No, a no, these bit. are I all good, got, good points. Yeah. So I, I think, um, yeah. but as you also say, like, keep an eye, one of the tips we have here is keep an eye on the clock because you only have yes. a certain amount of time. And, you know, the way these have worked in the past is that you are required to kind of come up with a, a kind of single idea at the end. And so it's good to have, um, I mean, maybe even, you know, as a team coming together and deciding that, okay, someone's going to keep us on, on schedule here um, so that we have enough time at the end to present our idea. Uh, I would also argue that you don't necessarily want to shy away from conflict. Um, I mean, be polite, but constructive disagreement is like not a bad thing in these team-based discussions. In fact, I think it can be a good thing to demonstrate that you're able to politely disagree with someone um, or to- Obviously don't make it personal. Right. And if you are disagreeing, (laughs) you've got to back it up with your reason. Yeah, exactly. So so as long as it's grounded in data or, or, you know, fact or whatever- Then, then that's good, but be obviously polite. I mean, we're, we're now telling stuff that I think people should know, be, hopefully. For, for, for most people, it should be pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. And I, sense. I think, um, I, you know, no, a couple more tips and then we can get into s- some other um, aspects of this, but a couple more tips are, one is be careful about getting carried away with tools, whiteboards or whatever you might use in Zoom to, you know, some people like to use a lot of these tools to kind of like take notes, et cetera, which is all fine, but just be careful again, mindful of the time and, you know, that this is really about the discussion and the final kind of conclusion that you're going to come to as a team. Uh, I, I got to read this quote, Alex. It's from a, a report we had from a couple years ago at this point. But um, one of our tips is to be authentic. And, mm. you know, and it's because this one, one person who interviewed at Wharton writes, everyone was bright and articulate but there was not an ounce of authenticity in the TBD. Everyone was overdoing it. Like, great idea. Let's take the caps off of our pens. You, you know, it's just this kind of like, <laughs> you know, I love that quote. Um, this must've been from someone who did it in person, I'm guessing maybe, but yeah. it was like, you know, just so be authentic. Um, and then the last one is, you know, the, the 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 second year students who are observing you, some people are perturbed by it. like, oh, these are just second year students. I, you know, this is like a life decision for me. And they throw some students to like observe us. Can't we get an admissions director or something? But, um, you know, they are there and they've done these. They've been trained. Uh, they obviously, in round, by the time we get to round two here, they've done a number of them in round one. And so, you know, I, I've actually asked um, directly the admissions director and, and some of the other um, associate directors at Wharton whether these second year students are like easily swayed by like a group as a whole. Like, oh, this whole group was good. They should all get in, you know, or, well, these guys didn't come to a good conclusion. They should all not be, a, you know, and, and they, apparently that doesn't happen. Um, they've assured me right. that it, it really is that they're good at doing this. And, and so um, folks need to not worry too much about that, I would say. They, they are going <laughs> to tell you that, Graham. I know, but I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I want to really hone in on, though, and you've alluded to this, Alex, mm. is the idea that, you know, I spend all this time preparing, I've got my pitch down, I've practiced it, I come in, I make it, and you've pointed out, well, my pitch may not, in fact, almost definitely will not be 
the final conclusion that we come to because there's five other people in the room who are also going to make pitches. And so we're going to end up with some kind of um, new idea that emerges or a mix of different ideas. And so I guess what we tell people, right, is just don't stress if it's not yeah. your idea. Like you have a, you're not coming into this session with the idea that if my idea is picked, I'm the one that gets in, <laughs> right? I mean, it's not, that's not what's happening yeah. here. No, no, it's not what's happening. And, and yeah, I mean, I've actually been studying probability theory lately because I've taken up playing cards, but uh -oh. that's a whole nother story. But your probability of your pitch being selected is what, about 20%, right? Mm -hmm. So so it is in the minority. Um, but there are lots of different roles that that, that that you can take in this 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 process, right? So, yeah, maybe it is your 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 pitch that's selected so you can be sort of the innovator or whatever it is mm -hmm. um but but you could also um you know manage the flow of the conversation sort of timekeeping keeping everybody on track um you could be the person that's helping tease out um ideas from someone that's perhaps less vocal um to to sort of bring them into the conversation um I mean, there are, there are a variety of different roles that you can take. Um, and obviously, the, 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 these folks won't know how the dynamic is going to unfold um, ahead of time because, you know, these folks won't have met, um, so on and so forth, or, be, or it would be rare if you knew somebody in the team-based discussion right. um, ahead of time. But, yeah, there are, there are lots of roles um, um, to potentially take to really show... Um, that you're you're someone that works really well in a collaborative, um, team-based environment. Yeah, I agree. I mean, recognizing a good idea is a skill, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so I, I think yeah, that that's and know. and being humble enough to say, actually, John, yeah, Jennifer, I love your idea, but how about this 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 element that Zoe brought up? Could we merge that into your idea? Yeah. Yeah, so therefore, yeah. you're talking about two other folks' idea, none of your idea, right. but you're really helping steer the conversation forward and working to the best solution. Right. And that's what's key. Yeah. And now for those of you thinking, ooh, so my idea doesn't really matter. I can come in and just play, like put, put the puzzle together. Um, don't don't be lazy. Like you still need to come no. in with your own idea, but, yes. um, you know, and don't just adapt somebody else's <laughs> because it's like the fast way. And the more you've thought about your idea, the more you've developed it, the mm -hmm. more opportunity you would have to identify the best idea and to identify other elements that can improve that idea, mm -hmm. right? If you're coming into this blind, you'd be bluffing your whole way through and that will be, yeah, that will be, be identified. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I've been thinking about this, Alex. I was thinking you would make, if you if this was, if you were on a team and you had to come up with an idea, I was just thinking that you would have some course taught by Peter Fader or something about marketing, but I'm, I'm just guessing. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. It would be all about customer lifetime value. Yeah why that's the most important metric. Right, right. Um, either that or a new area that I'm really interested in is how businesses uh, are required to be trusted entities in a world in which governments and media and whatever, the trust deficit is increasing. Yeah, interesting. Um, but that might be a little bit complicated for, for, <laughs> for this particular target audience. But yeah, I think possible. even... 
yeah, someone coming in pre-undergrad recognizes that the customer, the value of a customer is really important to a business. So yeah, yeah we could take some Peter Fader content, <laughs> deliver it to high school kids. They would love it. Yeah, I agree. Um, we digress, but I did want to talk about, um, one other thing I really want to talk about is they're different, like, uh, personality types. So we're, we're going to make caricatures yeah. here, but you know, you have like somebody who's shy or you could have a jerk, like someone who's like really domineering yeah. and tries to take over the conversation. Um, I mean, there are different sort of, char- you know, folks that are out there. And I just wondering, do you have any thoughts on like, how do you deal? What, what if someone's like not talking much? Is it up to you to like yeah. worry about that or should you just yeah, not I mean, care? I mean, I would qualify that a little bit. I think Wharton will have done quite a good job of selecting folks to interview. Right. So you would have less of the blowhards of, of this world. So. And and, huh? and and so forth. But you might still have a few folks that are on the timid side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's... And, and culturally, um, um, more likely, too, from, from different regions of the world. So, and, and as you pointed out, these Zoom meetings um, will attract a much more diverse audience. Um, yeah. So I think that's... The, the key is, you know, identify the the strong ideas of each of your colleagues' presentations, if you've identified two or three from each, as I mentioned earlier, and then it turns out in the following discussion, um, one or two are not contributing, um, you have two or three ideas, two or three thoughts that you could then go to one of those folks not contributing and, and ask them more about it, right? So, right. so that's why note-taking during the actual presentation, I think, is really, really important. Um, I think if you've got the odd person that just wants to hear themselves talk the whole time, you probably need to be a little bit more assertive um, whilst trying to be, um, you know, you you certainly don't want to tell them to shut up. You might (laughs) think that they should shut up, but you probably (laughs) need to do it in a bit more of a authentic but appropriate way yeah no i think yeah you can interject or and just be polite yeah. create try to create space for other voices yeah. in the group uh but as you said earlier listening to each person's pitch taking notes I mean, all these things you can do yeah. to make sure that you've got um you know some ammunition to to raise other issues as you move yeah. through the discussion uh but always I, I, keeping yeah. in mind that the end goal is the best synthesized pitch Right, exactly, and and it, it just remember. I mean, it's while while it's important to deal with these different maybe character types in the group, it's not your job to make everyone shine. Right. Um, you yes. don't have to make the jerk into a nice person or the shy person an, an extrovert, right? So that that's fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, just keeping this stuff in mind. I did. Um, so I, a couple more things. I wanted to give a few tips or talk through a little bit of like advice on well, how do you go about actually preparing your pitch, um, and and you know how do you do this, this sort of respond to the prompt that they've given. And then I don't want us to forget, Alex, we should spend a couple minutes talking about the one-on-one interview that you do have afterwards. So the reason they have two observers is because or part of the reason is when the meeting ends, you break out um, into kind of everyone's in the waiting room. And then one by one, each of you will speak with one of the observers um, and have a short 10 minute personal interview. So we'll get into that in a moment. But in terms of how to prep for this, I had kind of five points that I'd noted. One is 
get to know the Wharton Global Youth Program and how it works. Yeah. And, and you know, you and I were looking at that this morning. Um, there's a great website. There's a ton of information. It's really easy. This is in particular the pre-baccalaureate program uh, for high school juniors and seniors. I believe it's offered virtually. And they currently have what I, I, I think I saw, they have like four or five courses that they currently offer. So the good news is that there's a lot of room to run. Uh, you know, and the courses were pretty basic um, economics, like just sort of general stuff. So I, I think there's a lot of room to come up with cool, creative class ideas. Then uh, the second thing, and this is an important one that we have not mentioned, Alex, is, and you're going to, you love this stuff, take inventory of your personal experiences and knowledge gaps. Yeah. So like, what are you, I mean, ideally the observers learn a little bit about you as you kind of, based on what you bring to the discussion. And so do you want to elaborate on this at all? Well, yeah, just knowing your own strengths. And, and it's something we talk about right at the beginning of the application process, right? So, yeah. So, so making sure that you feel um, that, that you've gone through that um, um, process. So, that, so, so the elements of that potentially could, could, could emerge through, through, through the pitch, through the conversation through the, the whole interview experience. Yeah, I mean, for example, if you happen to be working, and I'm not, I don't really necessarily recommend this because I'm sure it's the topic that came to everyone's mind, but um, artificial intelligence is obviously, everyone's talking right. about AI and, and you know, generative yep. AI. But if that if you happen to work in, in technology and you've been exposed to a lot of that, you might think, wow, there's a real need for young people to learn about what the future looks yeah. like with this and how it's gonna impact the business world. But you could, you would invariably, as you introduce that topic, probably be drawing upon your work experience and your personal experience. And and so that's what I'm getting at here is take inventory and yeah. think about how your background might inform the idea that you bring to the table. Uh, I mean, that's really, it, it can be a nice sort of side benefit about, you know, yeah, um, yeah just how things, how you bring yeah. that to bear. Uh, the other thing is that, you know, you obviously have to come up, don't forget, like you have to come up with an, like the name for the course, um, an outline of the topics and themes. You got to think about who's going to teach it. So there are these like specific things that you got to go out and do some research on as well as, you know, the assessment methods. Like, how do you want to grade this class? Like it's, it's pretty down in the weeds, right? So you got to remember to figure that stuff out and you might, uh, I don't know if it, you know, look on the website, see if you can get your hands on a syllabus or um, whatever they describe in terms of how they're currently teaching. Like, what are they currently doing with these kids? Um, just so you can understand, you know, what, where the, what the baseline is. And then, you know, again, just remember that this exercise is not all about, you know, your idea or the work you do beforehand. It also is about, um, you know, learning what other people bring to the table and coming up with some even better idea um, as a group. Right. So, yeah, in any event. So that's kind of the basic tips there. Alex, do you want to tell us a little about this one-on-one? Because you were you were reading some of the interview reports in our archive uh, the other day, and and you know we were kind of talking about it. But it yeah. it is funny they they still do a one-on-one interview, but it is ten minutes long, and it's not really a traditional interview. Yeah, yeah, no. So 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 you know, Warren's not completely um, um, moved away from one-on-one interviews, so you'll get ten minutes. Um, yeah, and there are two topics or themes that those ten minutes can 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 be focused upon. One is. Um, your own sort of, all right, now tell me a little bit more about why you're planning to attend Wharton, why Wharton, why MBA, your goals, and so on and so forth. Um, also potentially an opportunity to um, uh, ask questions right. um, that you might have. So make sure you've got one or two questions that are genuine, authentic questions that you would like to ask. And remember that these are second year MBA students. So I would make those questions experiential. 
um, yeah. you know, talk about their particular experience in the program. Um, the second theme of line of questions is actually to respond to how do they think they performed in the TBD right. and how do they think the TBD itself um, worked and was it successful and so on and so forth. Um, so, so, you know, that's really important too, right? And, and that'll draw in some sort of self-awareness issues and so on and so forth in terms of how, how you think everything performed. And, and you want to be authentic and frank without throwing anyone under the bus um, <laughs> right. in, in, in that particular assessment. Um, yeah. What we've noticed in the past is more of the line of questions have been on about goals, why Wharton MBA, but this year maybe a little bit more leaning towards the actual TBD experience itself. So I would just prepare for both. recommend that folks are prepared to answer both sets of types of questions. Yeah. Now, they're probably not going to need to tackle both in a 10-minute window but be prepared for both is the point yeah and we have a, a video as well as some admissions advice around like five most common questions which are those kind of you know yeah. why do you want an mba why our school um as to the others the questions that they've been asking especially this year so far have been like talk about the tbd experience what did you think you know yeah. uh, how did you think you individually contributed the most so that's an interesting again self-awareness stuff uh how did you think yeah. the team did what went well what could have been improved and as alex said you know do not say well it would have been great if that jerk hadn't you know dominated the whole conversation you know <laughs> you gotta be careful um how you kind of position this um but yeah i think uh yeah. So thinking through what, how could you constructively describe, you know, you might say, wow, I wish we'd had more time. And um, it seemed like so-and-so had some really great ideas. We didn't get to all of them, you know, or, or you know, just think through how um, yeah. things could have gone. It, yeah. It is interesting. I, I know for candidates, one of the things that, and this is why I think Alex, you and I react to this method um, a little bit negatively is that candidates who apply, they just, they, I feel like people are yearning to have that like 20 or 30 minutes where they can just talk about their background and kind of bring their application to life, right? Um, and that doesn't really happen in this yeah. process. And it, it, you know, it hasn't for many years now, but lots of people have got, gotten into Wharton and been very happy going there. So it's working. And I know the admissions committee feels like they get a lot of good information um, by observing candidates in this process. So it, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, hopefully by, yeah. by tuning into this episode, everyone's learned a little bit more. And for those of you who really don't care about Wharton and are not interviewing at Wharton, if you're still here, uh, congratulations. Uh, but also we'll be back next week with a regular episode of Wiretaps where we'll review our candidates and, and do all the usual stuff. So Alex, I appreciate you. Um, deviating from our normal course to, to just sort of talk about this because I know you know last week the invites came out and it's it's a sort of top of mind thing and it is a very unusual process so it's worth discussing. Yeah, no, absolutely, very good. Good luck, everyone. Stay safe.